Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. are about to be spoken and things are really about to be broken here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. I, of course, am John Alba, joined as always by the man of the hour, Mr. Matt Hardy himself. Matt, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Ready to rock and roll. He's ready to rock and roll. <laughs> We're ready to rock and roll because we got a very special guest with us here as we tape this in a crammed hotel room in Orlando, Florida. EC3, what is going on, my man? I, I couldn't be happier to be here in the Blue Chew studio, a.k.a. Matt Hardy's hotel room. Matt, do you remember the last time we were in a hotel room together? Oh. Me neither. Okay. Yes, I do not. <laughs> Was Blue Chew involved the last time? Uh, discernment. Voices holding that. Yes, of course. Absolutely. Because Blue Chew's for any occasion, I guess. I don't know. We like it. Well, no, you're, we... You're, uh, you're definitely doing a good job promoting it. Well, they do a good job promoting me from 11 to 1 a.m. So you mentioned words are going to be said. Here are three of my favorite words. Matt, I would like to present you with your very own Control Your Narrative t-shirt. There you go. The Extreme Life. Look at that. A gift. Ta-da. Created with me, controlyournarrative.com. There you go. Free swagger is always, uh, always appreciated. Yes. Uh, how, how's all the Control Your Narrative stuff going? Well, at this point, it's been a wild ride. I could say that. Um, <laughs> It's amazing what can happen when you just have a vision and a goal. The ups, the downs, the uh, turmoil, the successes, the failures. It's amazing what you do when you jump into the unknown. You know, like mm-hmm. trying something different. It could, it could be amazing. It could be everything you've ever wanted. It could be an absolute catastrophe. But the fact you try, you're that man in the arena. It's bold. Giving it a shot. Through it, hopefully. A lot of good is coming. I mean, it's very important in pro wrestling to be creatively fearless. I mean, and that's what this is. You know, it's yeah. always it's always a roll of the dice. You never know what is going to happen, but you really do have to take those chances. Yeah. Creatively fearless is good. That's good advice. I'm going to use that. And, like, another great advice I got is always be bold from uh, from the Peacemaker, actually. He told me that. So There you are. Mr. Cena himself? Mr. Yep. Yes, he Interesting. Well, we talked at length on this podcast about Omega and everything that the Hardy Boys launched back there in the mid to late 90s. Maybe if you need some life lessons to take away from that, because there are certainly lessons to be learned. Uh, don't get held up 
by any old timers. And if they do, just set up a merch table in the back and maybe you'll be able to be okay and keep them away. I've learned many life lessons from Matt Hardy. He's actually was kind of my guru. He was kind of my my mentor in a way. He was kind of a... I always remember when it was like the worst of times and we both knew something needed to happen. There needed to be a morale boost. There needed to be some sort of leadership and accountability. And you came to me and kind of as the new guy, not new in the sense, but like a younger guy, came to me to kind of task me with that. Well, I said, as long as I can lean on you. And then we kind of did that together. And I never forget that. Yeah. And, and I mean, we were talking about being uh, creatively fearless. Uh, you were around during the whole Broken Matt Hardy oh, yeah. you know, creation. So that was me definitely stepping out of the box. I like went you know, way out of the normal parameters of pro wrestling, obviously. I, I remember when it went, initially happened. It was so like divisive in a sense. People did not know. And they always... When they see something new they don't know, the immediate reaction for a lot of people is just to disregard it or to kind of shit all over it. Trash. Anyway. Yeah. But then months later, they were eating it up. They couldn't get enough. Yeah. And, and I remember it became such a thing, too. Uh, it was like a, a, such such a, the, the hot new fad, right? And like uh, all these memes and, and there were gifts everywhere and whatnot. And I was obviously saying things that would try and catch on that, you know, people would you, you mimic or whatever. And one of the funniest things was your recreation yep. of the whole beginning of Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah, Have you ever was, seen that, John? No. Oh, I think it was Tyrus, myself, Eli Drake, L.A. Knight at the time. No, L.A. Knight now. Either way. Whatever, yes. Michael. <laughs> Yeah, we were in Mexico working with Impact, and there was a collaboration, and your stuff just launched, and we're in the hotel room. We don't really have anything to do, and so we shot a parody, and I sent it to you immediately. I'm like, is this okay? Because I think this would you know, help the buzz, and it keeps everything going. You said, post it immediately. I love it. <laughs> you know, they, they did that, too. I actually sent a link a kayfabe link of the final deletion of Jericho when yeah. he was with WWE and they had like uh, the they viewing party. They yeah, had viewing parties yeah. where like you either had to be there at one, four or seven. <laughs> and if you didn't come in during that time, they would lock the door and they'd kick you out. They had viewing parties nonstop. And I got so many insane texts from people in WWE in Japan while yeah. this was all going on, like the, the night before it aired. That's so it was, it was very wild. It's crazy how, how that, how much momentum that thing built. You are always respected by your peers. Even when you, dye your hair white and talk in a weird voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking about on our Becoming Broken series how part one of the series was on your guys' feud. And even though the broken character wasn't necessarily involved with that per se, it very much helped lay the groundwork for what became one of the most transformative it, characters in pro wrestling history. Yeah, it, it was like a, a catalyst in a sense. And I know, like, I look up to Matt so much from a creative aspect that things have consequences. A character their actions, the results of matches have consequences. And it's so easy, and I think this is part of the complacency of wrestling, it's so easy, especially for a guy like you, you could have always just been extreme Matt Hardy. It would have been so easy. But you went through turmoil, the title loss, things of that nature. Eventually something has to give if this man takes this seriously, if this is his life and this is his goal. And it... If it falters, like it's going to have an effect on somebody. So I think the creative depth you would go to to have the this become the payoff. It's like it makes sense, and I respect that. It, it, looking back at it, once we started delving into it again, it was also really interesting. Like my whole deal with you, I remember Jeff had just broke his leg, so I didn't really didn't have anything going on, and you'd beat Kurt for the title, and I remember 
pitching, and I probably told you as well, and I told, I told Big and, and Dixie, I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. Let me work with EC3. And we can, you know, he can defeat me, and then moving into a ladder match, and he wins there. I'm kind of established in those things. I said, we can build him, try to make him the face of the company. And then as it kept going on, once we did the title change, when it was myself, you, and Drew at that Bound for right. Glory, and then the, the future of the company was up in the air. They weren't sure what they were doing. Uh, it ultimately came down to, I said, I just need one win. I need this one match and this one win, this one match and this one win. And that's what I did during this uh, uh, False Count Anywhere match. And it was also the same thing I was pitching for Jeff with the final deletion. It's so weird how those kind of parallel one another. But it, it fits because it's the same character. Right? Great creative minds can make anything work, and we're always playing with this like giant puzzle, and sometimes you just have to make the pieces fit. And as long as you kind of have an end destination where you want to go, you'll find the way to get there. When's the first time you came across Matt's work? In one of the promos during that <laughs> feud, you said that you saw him in a ladder match in 1999 in person yep. and that you couldn't have been more disappointed to work with him <laughs> in, in, at this juncture. So was that a shoot? Was that actually the first time you saw him in person? It was a shoot in the sense I was in Cleveland when the original ladder match happened with you and were Jeff you at the event i was at the event i i i thought you were i yeah, was pretty sure was, i said that I, I think you were and i've never seen anything like it it was can i yeah. f it was fucking amazing and oh, that's yeah, like what, fucking what, amazing fucking amazing <laughs> like what i felt watching that take place because at the time i think you, you were with michael hayes and it was you're not easy to disregard but you're in this one position right and so i'm there to see triple h and stone cold bro you know, that's like that's what I'm thinking I'm seeing. And to watch it unfold, I mean, standing out of my chair, like I was a, you know, like take, it would take a lot for me to like even react, but I'm like in the moment, live for the moment. Holy shit. Yeah. I, just what you guys did and the tone you set, like put me on the path to become who I am in that moment. And it's one of the three matches I could remember that, like after I watched it, I was like, I'm going to do that with my life, no matter what. That's very cool. I, I remember how Cleveland was always, they could potentially be a very tough audience. Very, yeah. Very Connecticut-like. Very, you know, Northeast. You know, sometimes too smart for their own good. And then I remember that night, we had four young guys, and we were given this opportunity. Jeff and I had done, you know, Matt Hardy, Surge, versus Will the Wisp, Jeff Hardy, matches, ladder matches everywhere, all around the independents. And we're like, if we have this opportunity with these two guys, Edge and Christian, we can kill something and make something special happen here. And the night that that happened at No Mercy, and the crowd got behind us, and like the the uh, reactions got bigger and bigger and bigger as the match went on, and the crowd started giving standing ovations after yeah. these, these big spots. It was really cool. And looking back, it's one of the more remarkable crowd reaction growths I think I've ever been involved in. I definitely remember because the crowd was bleh. Yeah. It was bleh. And it, it was very Cleveland. Yeah. It when was. was it in the match did you realize something special was happening? Uh, I can't remember bumps. I'm like mad, man. <laughs> no, but but like, say, like, was it one of those things where like as you're watching it or was it in hindsight the, afterwards? While I was watching it for sure, but there was like a... This is an unexplainable feeling that I think... Matt can attest to, and I noticed, like, you, you just felt it. And the one story I have about feeling it is, like, this uh, impact run where I was kind of getting over, in a way, getting good reactions, everything's going pretty well. I'm out in the ring, I'm cutting a promo, but the first time Sting ever came out, like, it just felt different. It was like a moment, and I, like, in that moment felt something like, 
this is getting over. This is being over. This is the feeling you want. Yes. And the only other times I can feel that was like in that match, like I'm witnessing something special. I would say seven minutes and 23 seconds in. I yeah. want to be exact. There, uh, there, there, there really is a reality to that. Like you can feel when you're yeah. getting over. Like the, the, the crowd reaction, there's really this unique synergy between you and the crowd. And they, re, they, react, they react to you very different. And there's like an excitement yeah. in their enthusiasm it's when some, someone's getting like over. Like a buzz in a sense that's inaudible. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, another time I can remember it too is I'm staying with Peacemaker, gorilla position. I think Stone Cold was making a comeback and his music hit and I'm standing there and I went, whoa. And then John goes, that's what's like being over. I'm like, fuck, let's be nice. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I wouldn't know. There, uh, there, 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 there were times Derek following, following that ladder match where, you know, when Jeff and I were doing our thing and like the TLC era kind of happened with us and edge and christian and the dudleys it was i mean it was amazing especially being young guys like that and and getting those reactions but still as you'd said earlier it's very important you have to evolve you have to change you have to adapt to whatever is different and you have to keep changing yourself so you stay fresh because as you did say once we got over big as Matt Jeff Hardy, Team Extreme, the Hardy Boys. I mean, we could have been doing that like Ricky Morton. Yeah. You know, just stay doing Rock and Roll Express for 40 years Play or whatever. Hits. You know, yeah. But 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 I've always, from an artistic standpoint, wanted to challenge myself. And and it's very important to me. It's it's part of feeling alive to be able to go out there and do something different and try and succeed in that as well. Dare I say, it's an addiction. It is, yes. <laughs> Getting over and trying to find something new that will get a reaction it, is definitely an addiction. It's, yeah, and... It's so hard sometimes, too, when you're super artistic and super creative to, like, like even what we were doing, or I'm doing, with Control Your Narrative, pandemic happens, I'm the top 1%, but I'm injured, pandemic, fired, I shave my head, and this is whole character I pitched, and I'm like this, you know, I don't know, COVID anti-hero kind of thing I was trying to establish, but it was very much, like, realistic therapy for me, because I was not a good place in my life, and I think Pisces and performers like us like art can imitate life and that's what can get you through it. And there were times companies asked me to come in to do the old thing. And I'm like, I don't think I can, even though this is probably where I should be and want to be. And it'd be easy to come back and do a top 1%. But like the circumstances and what I went through, there has to be a consequence to it from a creative standpoint. So maybe I cost myself a lot of money or opportunities, but sticking on the path and then now we're doing what we're doing. As of this juncture, I have no idea how it's going. <laughs> I assume fantastic because I manifest success. But creatively evolving, I learned that from you, like watching you and working with you. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just want to ask how liberating has it been to you to do the create your narrative it it's been liberating and control your narrative yeah it's all right no one cares yeah <laughs> it's been a liberating the fact that people and it's not for the fans but like talent they've reached out and say they appreciate it and respect it just like you did i mean mm -hmm. that means the world to me peacemaker sent me a text once and i was like oh shit that means a lot from the respect of the peers. I love that John Cena is just peacemaker. <laughs> it's very catchy. The, the liberate, like hopefully that liberation turns into financial success, not for me personally, obviously that's something that'd be great, but 
uh, for the industry that more people can have a place to work and things of that nature and, you know, make a living doing what they love and being fulfilled doing it. So I don't know what that future holds. We'll find out. Where was I going? <laughs> yes. Well, here is a fact I've got for you before we get to our mad fact. Uh, you will hear it over the course of this podcast. I feel like absolute shit today. And that's because I didn't get a chance to take my AG1, Matt. And I'm, I'm upset that I haven't, but I have barely been able to stomach anything. But I promise you once I can, I'm going to because I want better gut health. I want more energy and I want to optimize my immune system. And all you need is one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in the process. And it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. And the beauty of it is that it costs you less than $3 a day. We got our assortment of beverages every single week here, Matt Hardy. That costs more than $3 a day. I promise you that. So this costs less than that, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system, because by God, do I need to right now with convenient daily nutrition just one scoop in a cup of water every day and that is easy no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy athletic greens is giving you a free one year supply of we love free here on the extreme life of matt hardy a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase five five yes and i gotta tell you john i'm so sorry you we're slipping this morning and you didn't have your AG1s, but I got to tell you, this morning, I, I feel great because this morning I had a double dose <laughs> of attitude. You had two you scoops. You yeah, had two I, scoops. I had two scoops, man. I had a double dose of <laughs> AG1s, man. And I feel like a million bucks, maybe even a billion bucks. <laughs> well, to get your free one-year supply and five free travel packs with your first purchase, all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash hardy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash hardy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Tell them Matt Hardy sent you, and they'll be like, okay, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. So get in on that. Well, I'll I'll take it from here because I want to get into what you saw in him, Matt. Um, when when you were released for the first time from WWE, the Derek Bateman stuff, everyone saw you had a great look, you could talk, but I feel like the consensus was your potential was never quite reached there. You come into TNA, you get a new look, good gimmick with the nephew of Dixie Carter. When did he first catch your attention and what were your impressions of him? I, I mean, immediately when he started doing Ethan Carter the third, it caught my attention because he had just like this smug just full of shit, you know, the, the personality, so arrogant, so, you know, so entitled, and he, and he played it perfectly. And, and even his little mannerisms in it fit, and they made it work. They made it very believable. And then as he kept doing that, and he kept growing, he had the thing where Spud was his minion. And then once he won the title from Kurt Angle, I mean, you could see, you could actively see he's getting over, and he's succeeding, and he really is looking like, oh, this is a new young hot star that TNA has created. And I remember that's where... 
I first reached out and I told Dixie and Big, I was like, let me let me work against him. You know, he can defend the title. We can have a little bit of a program. Maybe we'll go to a ladder match and he can he can win that. I'm a guy that's established in that, and so hopefully this will help. And that was my initial. I, I never planned for all this to to happen like it did. I just literally wanted to like fulfill you know fill up the time that was passing because my partner was going to be out. What does that mean to you when someone, the stature of Matt Hardy, someone who really helped hook you into wrestling, as you just described, wants to go work with you? Well, from the uh, EC3 perspective, of course he wants to work with me. I'm fucking awesome. It's true. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm taken aback. That means the world to me. Uh, And it meant the world to me when he came in and wanted to do this for me and with me. Uh, It's... I can't really put in words, and usually I have no trouble finding the words, but it it validates every sacrifice, every risk, every injury, every failure, every success. It validates that the, I'm doing what I should have done, and I'm proud of that. I, does that make sense? Is that inspirational enough? It means a lot. I, I, I feel where you're going. I get the intent. Like, because you second guess yourself, you doubt yourself, you go through so many ups and downs. I mean, the cyclical nature of this business. Well, you especially doubt yourself after being at WWE because that's yeah. almost like a process they almost like ingrain in a lot of talent. You know, I've heard this from the Young Bucks many, many times. They go, oh my God, like, you and Jeff are two of the most normal guys that have ever worked at WWE for a long amount of time. Like, you guys are still somewhat normal and not insane. You know, because it just, you know, there's there's such a process there. As you know, when you were in the system, like you were there in the beginning and then you left, you went to TNA and you got yourself over with what you're doing with EC3. And then when the opportunity, you know, arose, you were able to go back and you did pretty well at NXT. Yeah. And then like once you got to the main roster, is this going to be the chance? Is this guy really going to be able to kill it and do his gig? And there's just such, so many mind fucks that go in there. Yeah. You know, as far as WWE goes, like there, there's so many political games. It's just... Stuff is is very complex, and you, it can really cause and create talents to second guess themselves all the time. Yeah, I would say too, because you know every podcast with former WWE superstar can be the shit on the company. I never got my chance. I was in prison. Blah blah blah. I hate that. I, I yeah. despise it. But you're correct. But at the same time, the only person you can blame, and this is control your narrative, is yourself. And when I look back, I remember coming back. I was on top of the world. Impact was great. I was able to create myself. NXT was going to be good. We started off with a five-star match. Like, it was... I had all the confidence and gusto, but even through the process of NXT, start second-guessing things because this coach tells you this or this agent tells you this, and you allow that to happen, but you let it slide. Then you're randomly called up, and it doesn't feel like it's for a reason. It kind of feels like... It's a, a rash decision, and like they don't have something for you, but you're gonna go into the fire. But I remember saying to myself, because I know the atmosphere in WWE, I'm friends with the people there, just how negative they were about everything. And I'm like, no matter what, I will not be negative. I will be positive. I will push forward. I will strive, and I will fight for everything. And the second I was there. I lost that fight because I was like, it doesn't matter. And I fell into my own trap of negativity and the other negativity that's laid by others. So if I can go back, even if I would have got thrown out of the building, fired, shot out of a cannon, launched from a catapult into the fucking sun, I would have if I just did it the way I wanted to and 
fought harder for myself. I, I could have accepted those consequences as opposed to the way it did. Injured, lost, wasn't being used anyways. Fired for a worldwide pandemic. Like, you can't live with regret, but my regret was not fighting for myself because I could have been proud of myself regardless of what happened. I, I, I mean, I think that's one of the the traps that a lot of people fall into at WWE because what you said before you'd have different coaches saying different things I mean when you're on the main roster there's 40 writers running around yeah. and then there's all these different coaches and producers and then there's it's just it's an insane hierarchy of management and like you have people telling you different stuff constantly and at the end of the day you ultimately have to do what you feel right what is in your soul what comes off as genuine to the people and a lot of people a lot of people don't get that a lot of people get so overwhelmed by hearing all this outside speak about what they are supposed to be doing, and they, they kind of lose confidence in themselves and, and their own beliefs. Yeah. And I also, as you said with WWE too, I hate that negative shit too. When I, went, when I went back in 2017, after we left Impact, uh, you know, my plan initially was going to be to, to stay there, but Jeff Jarrett came in, he wasn't in the best place in his life, and uh, things happened, we ended up leaving, we went back to WrestleMania, that big WrestleMania 33 return. But I knew what I was in for when I went back to the WWE. I knew like, I might get the chance to do Broken Mount Hardy version, but it's going to be very different, and they're going to try and put their own spin on it. And to me, it was most important to go back and try and get as much positive, get as much positivity and as much WWE buzz as I could get over the course of those three years and just be a good employee, especially because I hated the way I left back in 2011 because I was in a shit place. So just coming back there, I, I, I never let it overwhelm me, and I had a very good clear distinct separation between matt hardy the person and matt hardy the performer and i feel like that was very important for my survival there and that's what i did i went and i had three years and i finished it and i made the most out of every situation they gave me i think too though maybe it's easier not easier nothing's easy but no matter what you will be remembered and you have that success within wwe so like your legacy is set regardless like people always remember you and what you've done to never have a moment <clears throat> to just be in systems, whether it's development, like to never have, I, it sucks a little bit, but maybe it's necessary. Maybe that is what had to happen for me to become who I am today to hopefully create something new and unique. It might be art. It might be on the, the lower end of, you know, amount of people that see it or feel it. But if I get through to the right people and it made an impact on their life, I can be proud and live with that. So... And, and you're right. I, I am very fortunate and blessed to have had all those moments because I have really had a shit ton of moments in wrestling, which at the end of the day, it's, you know, this is, sounds like a Vince thing, but it, it, it is true. It's not necessarily about the moves. It's about the moments at the end of the day. And that, that, is, what, that is what drives wrestling. Because if you think about the most famous things in pro wrestling, you know, first and foremost, moments are going to come up, not yeah. necessarily a five-star match. Story, emotion, moments, I think... Those are the biggest things. The little things that make them happen. And we were just talking about your ladder match. I didn't remember what spot, you know, made me feel like, holy shit, I'm witnessing history here. But I remember how I felt. And that's a moment. So let's get into talking about now this feud that you guys had sure, Let's together. get right into this aspect. All right. Matt Hardy over here. Yeah, I want to go work with the new hot guy. I want to come in there, you know, make you know, get him over for you. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'll put him over in a ladder match. It'll be cool. This guy dropped a leg on me so fucking hard. 
he almost shoot one because I was out <laughs> like a light. It's a leg drop from the ring off a ladder through a table. Dude, I, I'm so glad I, you reminded me of that because I, pa- totally I had forgot. a panic attack because you were halfway <laughs> up the ladder. I'm like, where am I? Holy, oh shit. Gotta, and then we went to the finish. No, but fuck, to hang with you in that match. That's another validation that I'll never forget. That that was uh, that that match was really good. I watched that back uh, one time on just one of the random streams on YouTube. Yeah. It was really good, it was really solid. You know what I like too is because I was a heel and there was a heel finish. Yeah, you know, just kick the leg out. So that's exactly it, though. This feud was really well built on heel finishes, and what made it so unique is that even after all these heel finishes, there's a double turn. Yeah. That- that's not typically what you would see out of a feud like that. How did you feel about the decision to go with a double turn coming out of this? You had had so much success as a heel, but he felt that this was something that he could help do for you because he knew that you would get cheered. There was, you know, I always I have this theory too. Like, oh, EC3 is such a good heel. He's getting cheered. No, I'm not doing my job. Right. But sometimes you, you can't help it. Like, I think... MGF has Isn't this it too. crazy how fans confuse that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh my God, there's such a great hill. Yeah. I fucking love cheering for this guy. <laughs> that's not really that's not really a deal. You're that's not really not, being a hill. Yeah. You know, I mean, at least I take pride. When people get pissed off at Big Money Matt, they say, like, I'm old and I'm sucking. At least I'm getting underneath their skin to a degree, which is my goal. It, and it, fuck, ask me. Because what heat could feel like from people on the line <laughs> and things like that, right. that's not real. But. It takes a special person to be able to separate that and be able to embrace not like true hatred, but like heal. heal. Yes, it, it takes a special person also to. This is what I always say for being a heel: to relinquish their fear of being an asshole yeah. and being viewed as an asshole. That's how you have to be. You have to not care what these people think about you. You don't have to want any validation because I feel like now in 2022, everybody wants to fucking get on social media and they want to like read how they're loved or that people yeah. like me. They they love me. They adore me. You know, there's so much validation that is needed from people. You have to be able to not be afraid for these people to look at you and think you're an asshole. That's why I read books and not social media. <laughs> but no, like yeah, I can't. I don't want to rehash That probably improves either. your mental health, too. Yeah. <laughs> to be a... There's a Rip Rogers quote. If you're going to be a heel, be a fucking heel. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, it is hard when it's so instantaneous and there's so much... Not criticism, but words being shared to you to not take it personally and know you're on the right path. And, yeah, it takes a special thing. What, what were you actually going to say about MJF? A moment ago. Oh, like, he's such a great heel. Yeah, I'm a big he, fan I mean, of MJF's yeah, work. He is a great heel, but what is it going to take to get him, I don't know, something else out of him? Because he has it down so well that it just seems like he's one step away from truly becoming it. I don't know if, maybe. But just, uh, I can do it. <laughs> I, like, but now it's become becoming this you know social media banner he's a great heel uh, is he now because you like him it's safe to be i don't know it's it's a safe spot to be liked as a heel knowing you're doing well but like what circumstances is it too much but is that just because pro wrestling has changed so much that very rarely will we ever find another heel again that people just so vehemently hate that they're not going to be like oh he's a great heel like i remember when i pitched this podcast to you matt the very first thing out of your mouth was well we all know that kayfabe is dead 
So if that's the mentality that a lot of people have, are we ever going to truly have another just straight up miserable human being that everybody hates? Hold my beer. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I just, you know, you do see people sometimes they go like, oh, you know, he has X-Pot heat or go away heat. And sometimes they just mistake that for someone they might dislike, yeah. but they're actually doing their job the right way. And you want to see that baby face whip their ass. I had such a negative perception because the Internet was starting when I was becoming a fan, too. And that X-Pot heat thing came up. And I'm watching TV, and I'm like, eh, eh, I'm not going to watch it. And I go back and watch Sean's matches. I'm like, this guy's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Uh, Sean's, Sean's incredible. Yeah. But to what you're saying, John, I, I don't know, but where was I going? Oh, here comes the concussions again. <laughs> no, we're just talking about the whole double turn and like him giving you the, yeah. hey, I think this guy can be a great baby face. I think, yeah. And do you know what? I, I think you were a little hesitant to turn babyface. I was, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I because was, you were very good in what you did. But I, I knew the crowd was looking at me like, "Hold up, there's this old motherfucking Hardy boy," yeah. like you know. And we're kind of this is kind of played out. And it's like I can kind of do that for so long, you know. Even like you know Jeff and I hooking back up together again, you know, yeah. like we'll be able to do that for so long. But then we have to do something different because you can't rely on that forever. I was worried not about changing, but that. I would change to try to get cheered, and I kind of did. That was my one worry. Mm -hmm. That I wouldn't compromise who I was that got me to that point where now they are embracing me and liking me. And then I kind of like fell into, well, I kind of, I lost the character a little bit, becoming a, a face. In and a so, sometimes when you have a character that is that, you know, egotistical and arrogant and like full of himself, shallow, whatever. Sometimes it's it's hard to retain that. Yeah. When you become a babyface, and 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 it like changes the whole dynamics and like the the core and the nucleus of the character, which is something you have to be very careful like, about. But you were the great antagonist for it. But what I would get with maybe less uh, not experience, but people that understand it from that aspect is where I kind of lost along the way. Like I was always able to be a foil for you because you knew you just had to go one step higher and. You know, you don't necessarily need to change, but your circumstances do change when you switch from uh, villain to, mm -hmm. you know, protagonist. Yeah, and my one worry was, like, I kind of did it, but not with you and not through the double turn. And because, too, as a super in-depth character kind of, like, we, you know, we overthink and analyze and little things, all the stuff we put together, the whole Ethan Carter run to that point, I was always telling a story of like a brash, young, arrogant, eh, cocky heel who kind of gets everything handed to him. But every time I went through a real challenge or turmoil, like I leveled up and I kind of took something from it. So it started, you know, with Sting. And like, yeah, I beat him with ropes, hold the tights and like six minute matches, whatever. But I took things from him and then it's like, I kind of got battle hearted. Then I'm working like with Ken Anderson, who's pretty over and like did me a great favor. And I kind of took some things from him and, you know, I vanquished him, but he put me through a challenge and I was able to get by by the skin of my teeth, but still I learned something for it. Then I murder my best friend Spud and I shave his head in front of his family. And that's like next level villain shit. But now I'm like kind of a, that was my favorite ECW yeah, personally. Now, now I'm kind of like a <laughs> fucking raging sociopath who's, you know, can go a little bit. Then you're programmed with Kurt Angle, the greatest wrestler of all time. And you just slide by, but fuck, you beat him. You beat him as 
clean as he could with a wrestling move. Like, I always kind of leveled up and getting away from what made the character initially get over from, like, cocky, brash arrogance to I became tougher. And through that, fans resonate with, like, a fighter and someone who's going through something if you, if you play it well. And so I tried to do that. Then I think even though I was being a heel working with you through these matches, through the double turn, like, they saw how much it meant to me to be a champion to be on top, to go through the hell I actually did go through to then have it taken from him like that? Wait a minute. What the fuck? And, and that's why it was so important that the match before the match we're going about to do a watch-along for, you beat him clean. And I thought that was a really good way to add credibility, and Matt and I both agreed about that when we talked about it, that that solidified, hey, EC3 is not just you know a pompous douche. He's also a pretty good wrestler, too. And you know what? I was... I didn't think I should have won that match, but I'm glad you made the call because I thought if, if Matt's going to be champion, why, why, why have a title change just to change right back? Like I was just like the integrity of the title because, you know, I like a good mm-hmm. long reigning champion and things like that. But you're right. And that did me a great favor to get me to that, to get this, like it all worked out because you're a genius, Matt. You're a okay. genius. Well, I, I just want to say one thing, and, and this is probably something I, I learned from Vince. Even in that match, thinking about it, I was like, this doesn't hurt anyone. Because, like, you win clean in that, and it makes you it makes you credible. It, it makes you a great wrestler. You defeat me, who is a guy who has somewhat of a legendary status he's coming into. And then with me, it doesn't make a difference if I get beat or not, because I'm getting ready to turn to a piece of shit heel. Yeah. You know, and Vince is really big on that. He knows if a turn's coming up. You know, these guys, they, they can put people over, they can do jobs because it's a total character reset getting ready to come up in a moment. Yeah. And and I, I am a big advocate believer of that it, as well. I, I don't remember the match very well, but I remember the day. And I was a little, like, it felt like, eh, just something didn't feel right. And I think you worked EY that day. And I, <laughs> I worked Lashley, so you know I'm I'm in a fight. You were in, a, you were like, in an MMA match. Yeah, holy shit. I blew him up once. Just Does he know that? I don't know. <laughs> no, but like, what a specimen. Physicality. And those days were so crazy. And for TV, you know, you like two pros can go out there and call and have a great match. But I was like still, I didn't feel like I brought it because I was worried about planning things. And then I was lost in the moment thinking about what's next that we kind of haphazardly put together as opposed to feeling in the moment. But the next night when we did this, we had, you know, some things planned, but like I was in it and it was all the difference in the world. And you know, you know, a match when you're working with somebody and like, it's like, yeah, this is okay. This is business. It's going to be all right. And then, you know, the second it starts when it's right and you're just like, Oh, this is, this is it. This is gonna be easy. And like, it's special. And, that was the difference between those two. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I was just going to say, one of one of your natural inclinations where we did do the false Anywhere match was when Tyrus came out and he didn't go immediately to me and kick ass. I remember you were the one that said, no, I should like look up. He didn't go to you and he's not kicking your ass. I know he's, I know he's flipping. Yeah. I know he's been turning. And that, that was a very good instinct that you showed immediately. I'm a very avid history buff and I love Julius Caesar. So There you go. But like, yeah, and also, when you do the, the stereotypical wrestling thing, especially when Impact and TNA would do it all the time, it's like, the second somebody comes out, pause. It's that, he's turning, he's turning, you know? So, like, we know, but let's make it a moment. Like, and it worked. Thank you. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to GoliathLife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. Well, how about we take a watch of that match, and uh, if anyone has Impact Plus, or if you'd like to find it anywhere else, uh, go ahead and pull that up. It is the last man standing match. EC3 at free EC3. Password is Matt Hardy rules six. (laughs) All right, Matt, why don't you go ahead and grab your computer there, because that's how we're going to watch this thing. Um, this this is a hell of a match here. This is this is entirely last man standing, and uh, we're gonna hit play in three, two, one. This is the promo right now. We're seeing EC3 cut with Tyrus. Um, let's talk about setting the groundwork here with these promos before the match. Look how Tyrus is even looking at you. Yeah, uh, that's kind of good storytelling. There. I love a good omen. I don't know why he has the uh, doctor thing on his thing. There he is, Brutus. Um, I remember feeling this promo too. I can't hear the words, but like I could see it in my face that I'm into what I'm saying and I believe it. And that's big to me. He actually doesn't look like overly confident. He's looking at you, but also he almost looks a little torn, a yeah. little distraught as if he's like second guessing his decision. So you're cutting that in an ambulance, which is a fun little, little change of pace here. What do you think about the stipulation of last man standing for this blow-off match? I, I think last man standing is one of the matches you can tell, like, a great emotional in-depth story because you have the time in between things mm-hmm. to, like, make the moments resonate. So I love that it was that. I, uh, I, I do, too. And I, and I like the fact that you can do, like, big bombs yeah. in a last man standing match and you can still continue the match. You yeah. know, in a regular match... It's like something outrageous happens. You're like, oh, my God, well, that obviously be a three count or whatever. But here you have that count of 10 to beat so you can get away with a lot bigger stuff. And I feel like it's almost more monumental moments. As much as I love catch-as-catch-can and great wrestling, I mean, and I think we're losing this as performers now is, like, great storytelling. And I'm not saying this is a great story. Matt will say it is because he's right. (laughs) Then I would put put myself over, but, like, great storytelling is – we're losing it a little we, bit. We don't have the audio on here, but like I come to the ring, I am cheered. You come to the ring, you get booed. And then we do a complete 180 by the end of the match, which and equates I to me. Great story. He's got a nice kiss on the lips from Rebby to really feed that little baby uh, face lucky there. Lucky guy. True love. Love to see it. Uh, and it, too, one thing I was worried about is because we're taping. Uh, did people see last night? Are they fully invested in the story? This was right. Bethlehem, so it wasn't even Orlando. This This... This freaking entrance is so great. I know. Look at those traps. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you know. also we were talking about how they had worked hard to get Pop TV, right? You know, which is a network we're on, but just like 
they didn't have a big uh, it wasn't a sprawling network where a lot of people could watch this easily it was very hard for people to watch this there just weren't eyes on TNA and you know the final deletion did a really big number later that year but this match with the replay that happened later that night was the highest most watched episode of Impact this year in 2016 I don't know if you knew that I but did that, not that, know that. That, that that was a cool fact did you feel yourself starting to get over as a babyface a little bit here? Yeah, based on what I said earlier about like the struggle the character went through, and then you know people will gravitate towards an asshole sometimes, um, and then just we had loyal fans that kind of dictated crowd response to people that might not know what's going on, which they were very helpful in that. Matt and I talked a little bit about this in our episode on this match, but. Uh, is there any concern when you're going into this that you're yeah. not going to be able? Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah. That you're not going to be able to get this double turn across. That the crowd's not going to respond in the way that you're hoping for them to. I put my faith in Matt and his excellent guidance. But if you if you go out there second guessing yourself, you're going to destine yourself to fail. Yeah, you're right. You so, you you really have to believe in what you're doing. Yeah, and that too when you have great story and. You know, you're connected beyond just the physical wrestling match, but like we were on the same wavelength mentally to be able to do that. Uh, what was I going to say? That gear, I remember too. I only wore it when I worked with Kurt to be him, and I thought it was fitting that I'd wear it when I lost. Oh, yeah. Like those are little Easter eggs you do for yourself that... I don't know. Maybe people think it's cool. I, I actually do that quite a bit too. Like with certain gear. Like if there, there's a gear that I wear that happens during a moment, which is special. Sometimes I'll break that out when you think you're going to get another one of those. Yeah. It's almost like a subliminal thing, I think. Really milking the intro here. Yeah. <laughs> Hot start. And just him coming out as the aggressor right away, like, yay. Yeah, but, totally. But totally. Kinda, that, that sets a great tone for the match. Kind of, hey, man, you know. It's also because the whole story has been you just need one more shot. You need one more shot and you're ready to get. That was yeah. a stiff takedown there. And then, but like, all right, we're, we're switching around. This fucker's got fight. He, he's not a pussy anymore. Yeah. He's got a little bit of fire behind him. I mean, already the physicality right from the jump is, yeah. is perfect for where we're at in our story. Jeez, I didn't know I moved like that. Slide right out. <laughs> what happened? But then, yeah. Now, just aggression that's kind of... Rugged babyface aggression. And, and almost like you said, uh, with this rugged, uh, aggressive babyface uh, physicality and whatnot, like one thing I feel like we are in fear of losing in wrestling in this day and age because so many people are focused on moves and like cool sequences and transitions and whatnot is this stuff, this in-between stuff yeah. of, of fighting. Because one of the first lessons that myself and my brother learned from Michael Hayes, if people sitting in the front row don't think you could legitimately whip their ass if, if they if, if they aren't afraid to fight you then you're not doing your job they have to believe you are physically tough and also if you got into a fight with them that they would get their ass whipped yeah you have you have to you have to be able to relay that in the ring i like you are probably my harshest critic and watching you know stuff back like you just pick it apart but right now i'm i'm into it because i haven't seen this in so long but the facials we're doing like it's setting the tone i'm really this is cool. And, and it's going to tell a story of desperation for yeah. Matt at some point. So, you know, it, it makes sense that Matt takes the heat here because he's going to have to resort to all these measures to get it back. 
especially with you being like you know the young up and comer, the handsome guy with the chiseled body and stuff. Uh, it, it, people were going to start liking you at some yeah. point, even if you were totally doing your job as best as you possibly could, and you were trying to be a big dickhead and be a hill. People are going to come around to you because you have a great look as well. And that's a yeah, that's a great point. Countering everything we said about how hard it is to maintain being a heel when you're considered a great heel because you're going to be liked if you yeah. work if you work your fucking ass off people are going to see that and I remember too I believe you were suggested I pull the table out because it's an easy it's kind of the the baby face pop pulling the table yeah you know Yes, indeed. Usually, you would probably pull the table. We'd switch it up. If that was something we would think about very thoroughly in all the TLC matches. Like, who is pulling out what objects is very important because you almost program the people to think a certain way because of that. And you were the guy bringing out tables yeah. and stacking them up because it was going to get a cheer. It was going to get a reaction. So that's like sublimely, once again, we have people cheering for you. You know, it, you could say it's easy pop, but the subliminal, it tells a story that we need to coax this crowd and react how we want. We, yeah. Motherfucker, we did. And, uh, and, and one of the great things, and even too, like the tables are set up and I go away from them, which kind of also elicits a uh, negative reaction as oh, well. We want the table, yeah. so take it away. That's one thing I got to say. Like if you're a baby face and you're in a match and you bring out a table and you don't break it, you're doing yourself an injustice. <laughs> you know, if you bring out a table, you have to break it. Let's see, EC3 laid out across the tables now. Oh, Matt going to the top. Matt giving me a nice little so. My offense was effective, like you're, you know. Yeah. That's and that's another thing we do. We forget effective offenses, effective strikes. Like your strikes meant something. Mine, the ass kicking I gave you meant something. The suplex on the apron made sense because I, you know, your back hurt when you're getting up there. And these are great teases because we don't break these tables until the very end of the match. But it's great to tease it all the way through. And if I recall, that's a throwback to a table spot we did at the pay per view with Drew. So I went to suplex to the outside. I think yes. it was on the table. It is. It 100% is. I forget. Do you remember we did a couple house shows and we actually did a deal where we put you through a table when you uh, remained victorious in it? Like as a payoff to send the crowd home happy? I believe so. Three leg drops in a row there, brother. Uh, that's not going to help that hip. <laughs> I, can, I can still do those as long as it's not coming off the top rope. Dude, I'm leg drop's the most this. painful move in history. I don't know why I do it. Oh. So we just had a commercial and we came back and right away, Matt, ladder to face on EC3. You know, one thing about Impact, uh, when we're you know going over matches with producers and cuts and times, it didn't matter what we said because they would always miss things on like the, the commercial. Like, can we make sure we replay this? Like, we probably did some cool shit during the commercial break. We're like, yeah, 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 bro, I got it. Don't worry. You know, we and never just, see uh, it. From a story standpoint, we have a ladder in the ring now. We have no idea how that ladder got in the ring. No clue. Also, uh, one thing that to watch in this match, if you're at home watching along with us, you'll see at the beginning, whenever I fight, it's like, I, I am fighting to be resilient. I am fighting because I have to win this match. My career's on the line. Everything's on the line. But it turns into desperation as the match goes on, which I, I think you can tell a whole difference in my body language, you know, in my facial expressions, because I am starting legitimately as a, as a hungry baby face trying to save my career. And towards the end, I am just like a desperate man trying to do what the fuck ever to win this match. Do you think people saw a double turn coming? No, I, not at all. I don't think so. Not at all. I like that's the back elbow. Instead of following up with the fist, he just, Right into the side effect. Yeah. I think I called that because I'm smart. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an EC3 call. You know, what, you know why I table. did that? I actually remember. Because it was the uh, 
Ricky Steamboat babyface bump and feed. So I thought I would add something in there because when he was like taking heat, he would still do a kind of a bump and feed. You know, it's mostly heel on a comeback, bop, 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 bop. But like the succession of things, like showed fight, but he's still, you're beating me to the punch. Yeah. Ricky Morton, uh, definitely one of the best babyface soldiers ever been in the history of wrestling. That was a little spot we did a couple times, turn yeah. through the twist of fate. You like to give me moves. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah, my little thingamajig. <laughs> I don't like I'm not selling, though, right now. And uh, I know we're in a situation right now. I am pretty sure that we had decided in this match we were going to have you put me through a table first. Yep. Just to once again get the, uh, get the jump on me and get a babyface reaction just so that people would start getting behind you a little bit. I don't think a lot of people think about that when you talk about a double turn that maybe they associate with the finish. Oh, the finish saw Matt as a heel, EC3 as a babyface, but it is those little things that go into these matches that help tell these stories. And this is a guy, like I talked about, that progressively learned from the men that he was able to, you know, be in the ring with to kind of thwart in a way. Like, I've learned so much from Matt Hardy. How many tables does this motherfucker put me through? Yeah. Mimic <laughs> me. Do you remember when that fell in the, and we had to do it again? Like, the table fucking collapsed. What, what, was that on a different show? No, it was Matt, on this show, but they cut here? it out. Yeah. Oh. So, I, so that was a second cut? Yeah, like, when I went up two rungs, the table kind of went, Meh. Like, you know, soft dick. They, the funny. table did not take a blue chew. I don't, even, I don't even remember that, but thank you for reminding me. So, to clarify, so the table gave out and you had to reset the spot up? Yes. And so, I remember one person tweeting about it and it pissed me off. And they edited it out for the broadcast. Yes. So, did you ever get a whole new table? No. It just kind of like, leg went, gotcha. Went all soft. So, you just leg. had to reset the table again yeah. and put me on again. Okay. Well, that is one of the beauties of recorded television. You can. Yeah. Do course corrections. We've never had any live edits here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. We've never had to retape anything. <laughs> <had> anything. <laughs> it's preposterous. Do you like uh, working ladder matches? Yeah, I had a five star one. I don't know if you know that. I, I, I did know that in New Orleans. <laughs> you know, honestly, you know where I learned I had a five star match in the sitting on the can in the morning. I was like, all right, what does that mean? Nothing. Oh, so yeah. there it is. Okay. So this was, dude, this was so laid out well. We got the camera Wait, shot. Look at the reaction, like the facial expression. We got the camera shot of Rebby, and then immediately followed by that, we got you. Did you know that they were going to show Rebby right before you did that? I, I did I not. You don't think you asked? Uh, I, I mean, I may have. I don't remember it. I may have asked. That's and I, I, could, I could see that as well. That's great storytelling. Because she was, she was the catalyst to all this. But just my, my expressions are so drastically different than they were at the beginning of the match. Like, and it's, you know, I take your best shot and I'm still fighting. And you're like, you know what? Fuck this dude. Yeah. I like that, man. That was cool. And still, even with the amount of time we had for this match, I want to say, what was it, 15 or 16 minutes? Yeah. I mean, we still packed a, a, a lot of really good stuff in here. There's a lot of good material for the, you know, for the course of the story. I think I bit my tongue on a twist of fade, too, so I had a little bit of... Yes, you did. Color. It's coming up shortly. Nice. You missed one table, though. You caught it with your foot. And the other... I, <laughs> I should have sold the ankle, I guess. <laughs> and that's cool, too, because there's no... There's no frills. There's no, like, duck, dodge, dive. Like, twist of fate. This fucker got up. Kick him in the balls. This fucking guy. I'm just throwing him through a table. Yeah. Fuck this dude. Well, and it's like, it's a fight, right? So yeah. it doesn't have to be graceful. No, I, I love the... 
stuff is way too clean nowadays. A lot of stuff that a lot of guys do. I love dirt. it when stuff is like nasty or yeah. looks raw. And two, I, even I love the fact that this one table is just in a shamble and the only one broke. I, that's great. I know we definitely had two tables there because there was two of us going down. There was yeah. a lot of body coming down. You know, but I love the way that just, turned out. Like the difference between the way you grabbed it with the aggression is like a lost thing. You know, like just yep. like snatching it. It's kind of where you try to teach private party. Well, yeah. I mean, they've come a long ways with it. You know, they, they, their aggression has gotten so much better. Are they learning? They, they they're under the learning yeah. tree. All right. And Isaiah, from a personality perspective, has gotten so good, especially like with uh, building a character and having a personality and like being consistent with it. Like, too, you drive me through that table. Like I, I beat the count, but I'm I'm still fucking right, here, toast. Here comes man. here comes that mouth spot. Yeah, I'm fucking. Oh, twist of hate. You even have me stalking you there a little bit. Very hillish. And uh, even even my look isn't like like uh, resilience or trying to fight. Yeah. It it is definitely. I want to punish this guy. I'm desperate to do whatever to win. We talked about on our episode, you get a little color here in your mouth. How much, in your opinion, does that aid to the storytelling? Uh, quite a bit. And, like, if there was a... I don't think we wanted to do color because of pop and things like that. But, like, when it's done with art and taste behind it, it just makes the whole world a difference. And, fortunately, bit the tongue. I wish I could uh, get a little more saliva going. Look yeah. at the, the things on the neck. Yeah, that's great. That's mm-hmm. Like what the? You break the count with the chair around your neck, and you the the way you got up, you're you were so defiant. Yeah, you know what? I ain't fucking taking this shit. Here it is, Matt. The Hardy family diaper bag, <laughs> and the Hardy hammer. <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, you're like, hold up, who is this guy right yeah. now? What is going on here? Rebby is so I good like, in this role. Again, my own harshest critic, but I don't want to put myself over, but the realistic selling of this stuff as opposed to like you know the comical he kicked out faces and like I'm yeah. really like I'm proud of myself for that because I was worried really I didn't good. do it and, and also looking you also look sympathetic yeah this is a very good even swing right there yeah duck or you good. get her brother little succession about a yeah. boom like my and even here you the crowd's starting to come they're cheering yeah. for you. you see people clapping they're they're excited and i'm still selling the dick that's how good i am yeah that's <laughs> a great camera shot right there and here comes tyrus just, so we talked about this the way this was blocked out this was your idea here yes mm-hmm. i do remember that i remember that was your instinct right from the beginning i was like he's right that's a good call yeah. I call this the A2 Brute. Yeah. And once again, just being a smart baby face. I mean, you, you would know that. that it's not yeah. like a, a cheesy yeah. wrestling baby face. Oh, did, what? Turn on me now? Like, I'm like I've been pushing this guy. I thought you were here for me. Long. Yeah. You know, I'm a fucking dick. I've been a dick to this guy. Yeah. You know when someone's on a, like, I'm like, my boy. Oh, f- Your face here yeah. is great. Pops up, yeah. Like, I know now. Pump. I know. That's it, Yeah. The timing of all of that was really good. Did you like working with Tyrus here? Yeah. He was, uh, like, he's super smart, you know, with psychology and things like that. And I think 
he didn't like being in a second fiddle kind of role, but at the same time, like he <laughs> he knew he was capable of more, but he did so good, and I think he's doing really well now with NWA and things. So well, this is a little different than the Funkasaurus character. So yeah, he was he was real good. I mean, considering he'd been like a shoot bodyguard, you yeah. know, in the past, he was really good in that role. And he he understood how to give other people something but still protect himself. I. Him just standing there with his arms folded there was dynamic. Yeah. And, like, just a little thing. It was believable. Yeah. Like, it's not like, come on, I'm going to be... He's just like, this is who I am. Yeah. Now, the fact we have at ringside now. Come on, motherfucker. And it's great that I'm already calling the shots like yeah. I've replaced your role now. Like, Go get him. a little bit of fight left. Like, here, that's a bit of adrenaline. Fight or flight. And then this... And do you remember, we went back and forth on this a little bit, but we wanted that to be the kill shot at the very I, end because our whole story was about the title and yeah. me trying to win it from you for so, so long. For the Easter eggs I was laying, that was the most important thing to me in my life. Yeah. It's like what I gave up yes. everything for. In reality, it was in a sense because my life went downhill after this. <laughs> but, like, and it's simple. It's like, oh, it's just a title shot. No, the title's the story. And you know. You know you have it. Like, uh, that's the, the story. The last shot here of Matt standing over you is an incredible visual. There it is. Once we hit the 10, yeah. arms go up. Title's draped right near his head. There it is. Matt Hardy's the new TNA World Heavyweight Champion. That's... <laughs> and it, it was cool. I don't even know. Do you remember? Like, we actually went to a break and then came back after this and did a little promo. I've, I don't remember that. Yeah. No, you did Over My Dead Body. No, I yeah. don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, we, we did that deal, yeah. What do you think of that match watching it back? I'm super proud of it. As I said, third time I'm my harshest critic. And I can evaluate my footwork or my strikes and things like that. But, like, the story, I'm, I've felt it with no audio remembering it. And watching it with Matt's super, it's super cool and reminds me why I do what I do. Like, this is a good feeling. This was uh, This is one of my matches I am most proud of. And I feel like it's underrated so heavily because no one was watching TNA. It was kind of like... It was almost a foregone conclusion that TNA was going to go out of business at this point. So yeah. a lot of people weren't watching or they weren't invested in it. But this is a match. I have to say, if you've never ever seen the Matt Hardy versus EC3 double turn, where we have a last man saying match, go watch it. It is, it is worth your while. Here, how about this? We'll go up with the audio for this. Here's the promo. And tonight... Heat's all in the right place, man. I beat the unbeatable EC3 for me! And this was the first time you had really been defeated at that point, too, in that way. white meat babyface in the beginning to a psychopathic maniac at the very end. <laughs> when I came to Impact Wrestling, I came here with the very best intentions to give back, to help. But now, I don't listen to any of you because you're all gnats, you're ants, 
you're inconsequential, you're insignificant. I am a self-made multimillionaire who has a life that each and every one of you nobody's dream about. House, car, money, a beautiful wife, the perfect family. <laughs> Two you do, ago, man. Congratulations. My beautiful wife Thank you. whispered in my ear, and she said at the top of that ramp, she said, it's time for you to stop giving and start taking. And she was right, because she is the only voice of reason in my life. She is the only thing that matters in my life. As long as I am the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. I, I love you being laid out there for all those just two. taking it. It looks like Matt Hardy had a little more to offer than EC3 when it came to Tyrus. You made the right business decision. Because we're upon a new dawn in Impact Wrestling. It is the era of big money match. The iconic Matt Hardy. This is sad. How is Matt Hardy going to be able to look into his son's eyes? Oh, yeah, we do this. Yeah. Yeah. So we get the spot here where the chair is laid beneath your head. I should have been off TV for a month at least. And then, uh, <laughs> Rebby was so disgusted that she sp spat on you. She hated it. Yeah. It bothered her so bad. Matt, was that your uh, Hogan bash at the beach moment? Uh, I, I think so. Because uh, it was good because it kind of came out of, out of nowhere. And, and one of the... Things I thought was so cool is that you took EC3 and, and the whole character he had been, you know, put into and portrayed. It's almost like I just became a worse, shittier version of him. Yeah. It's like you cut off his head and mine grew back. You know, it's Big Money Matt. Rebby is so great here. She's a perfect human. I love Rebby. Yeah, she's a... She is uh, very intimidating. And it's just even like with... <laughs> it's on the dude. Yeah. Even uh, even her mannerisms, like in real life, are just so animated. Yeah. And she, this is a perfect role for her. Her with a, a heel that's a real piece of shit. She is uh, the perfect supplement for that. Could you ever see her again back into the game? Uh, who knows? Uh, probably not. I mean, if it was something along these lines, I guess that's a possibility. But she she's pretty happy and pretty set on just being a mom and taking care of this gaggle of children I have. <laughs> she wants to control her narrative, you know. If Maxel or Wolfie or Barty or if ever wants to get into it too, her as the psychotic mother. Oh, oh man. Is, I mean, if Evie Reaver wants to go that route, you could totally do that. I mean, I could definitely see her. I, I, I just want to be the will man. I want to be the <laughs> will man for the baby Hardy boys. I'm going to drive them around town and take a wee fee. I love it. Great visual here going off the air. You guys holding your arms up as EC3 is dead. Kilt. In the middle of the I, I have a fascination with killing myself off mm. like, as a character sometimes. <laughs> you like, do, right? That's yeah, make sure you watch Free the Narrative 3 on Pro Wrestling TV.
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, savewithconrad.com. I uh, I was just going to say, I love the fact that they allowed us to do this last segment, you know, like just from a heat perspective, to get heat and really try and... Uh, you know, emphasize that you're a baby face now. If, like, they listened when you would fight for something that makes sense and, like, you were always good with that, you know? Like, getting... There, that was a lot of big picture stuff that, you know, could go under the radar when creative's being done for wrestling and so many people are talking about so many different things. Like, what's the end goal of this? And it's to make a new baby face and establish a monster heel. And, like, fuck, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, whenever you watch that back, it really is. I mean, it, it, I feel like the further you get away from matches and, and, and turns and whatnot, uh, you forget about them and, and you don't really realize it. But, like, every time I've watched that back, I'm like, whoa, I'm really proud of this. We were doing good work there. I mean, especially there were so many elements we were trying to achieve in this one match and we made it work. How do you feel about, because you say this, and, like, I feel it too, but, you know, underrated heel turn and nobody was watching at the time. Like, that's a thing about my career sometimes when I talk about at least you had that WWE amazing run and you're a legend where I did not have it, but I did great things to a smaller sect of people. Like, that's some great work that maybe nobody knows exists. And it's kind of my career, but, like, how does that make you feel? Because I'm trying to put words to how I feel about it. I mean, it's 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 very complimentary, yeah. you know, that you would say that, and and I, I really do. I look back at this with the highest of regards, you know, and I, th- I think it was some of the greatest work that I have ever done personally, and it was an honor to work with you. I mean, we ended up having a program that lasted like six or eight months yeah. when it was all said and done, which just kind of like materialized out of nowhere, you know, just like <laughs> you know when it started, you became the champ, and I was going to work with you because I didn't have anything going on because my erratic brother broke his leg. <laughs> You know, so it, it, it turned into something really special, and we did some really cool, magical stuff. A happenstance is an amazing thing. Serendipitous that we found each other. It is, yeah. And we didn't even talk about uh, you getting to work with Jeff, with him coming in as your servant and oh, everything. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> Dude, I'm a, I became a wrestler because I watched a Hardy Boys match, and then I have Jeff freaking Hardy wearing my face on a suit, holding my fucking head <laughs> on a stick. Was, it, was the suit your idea, too? I think that might have been a Lagana idea. Gotcha. We, we were wondering who who yeah. went to Suits R Us for that. Shock, so. Shockingly, out of my crazy brain, I didn't think of that. I think that was Dave. <laughs> Fuck. But like, ah, I know this, Matt, that, you know, everything I just said, having had that moment and that experience, no matter what, no matter who saw it or who didn't see it, doesn't matter. What matters is it's something I'll never forget. So thank you. Thank you, man. I, uh, I, uh, 
was happy to be part of it, and, and thank you for letting me play with the young cool kids. <laughs> I say that all the time nowadays, I even know. more. I might say that soon. Well, we are very appreciative of you taking time out of your day to come chat with us here in this uh, modified hardy compound that we have in Orlando, Florida. Uh, really exciting seeing uh, your career unfold and you begin to quite literally control your narrative. Uh, anything else you'd like to throw out there for all of our Extreme uh, Life fans? Yeah, controlyournarrative.com. Hopefully, I have the .com before it was .co, but then I finally sprung from the fucking .com. Controlyournarrative.co.com. We will be on Pro Wrestling TV as a feature brand. That's very exciting. Uh, just being able to create something that can find a home and an audience. Uh at the real EC3 Instagram, Facebook way. Don't really look at Twitter. I'll never look at again. Uh, FreeEC3.com is my personal website. I'm going to throw Matt Hardy on my nutrition and training app. Join.FreeEC3.com. Use promo code Awake. You get the first month free. Uh, what else do I need to plug? Nothing. Like support. I don't know. I don't want to say support what I do. That sounds stupid. But. What I'm doing is trying to create so others have the opportunity to feel what I'm feeling now watching a match with one of my heroes. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, support pro wrestlers that aren't with the evil empires. You yeah. know, I mean, I think that's important because now with social media and all the different platforms and the opportunities, you were talking about the pro wrestling TV deal. I mean, all the other opportunities that are out there, it allows guys who really love this who might not fit into one of the bigger companies still a chance to do this and, and possibly make a living off of yeah. it. So support those guys. This has been a lot of fun, again, to chat with you, EC3. And that's three, but Matt, there's a, a numerical order of five that people should be leaving for us, should they not? Yes, they should be giving us those five-star reviews. It helps the extreme life of Matt Hardy grow every single day. So please leave that review. Tell us how much you love this episode with EC3. And of course, we just talked about her at length. Rebby was a huge part of that angle. You can show her support by checking out the House Hardy on Twitch. Maybe we've got to get EC3 on the uh, House Hardy Twitch. I'll tell you street. what, real yeah. fast. I was a guest at the Hardy Compound once. And I felt like I was in the Fairmont. I felt like I was in the wardrobe, the W. Holy hell. Rebby had a gift bag. Uh, it was the most comfortable night's sleep I've ever had. Whites and cheese. She'd like, cook food whenever we walked yeah. in the door. Remember, it was like it was about like, 1.30, 2 a.m. I'm like, yeah, your life's cool, man. And then, you know, I flew back to a one-room shack because I <laughs> live in squalor because I've made every wrong decision you could. So. Well, I do have to say this. Uh, we broke a little bit of the formula. I realized we missed out on something here, John. In fact, we did. So how about we end things with a Matt fact? Matt fact, Matt's favorite double turn was against EC3. Great stuff there, Matt. Great stuff, EC3. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next time here on The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? 
SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com.